We're going to factor click rates. We're going to factor spam rates. All these things go into whether you're going to get in the inbox or you're going to get bulk foldered. So it's super important to clean your list. I'd recommend doing it twice a year. You know, just get some of those out there. If they sign up around December or November, they're holiday shoppers. I don't want to get rid of them because the holiday is going to come around next year. So it's understandable. I get emails and then they drop off in February and I get start getting hit again in November, December, and they're doing the same thing to me, right? It's just the brand. The simple thing to do there is put them onto a segment, still send to them, but send to them a lot less, maybe once a month just to keep it going there. But you're not sending emails, which are just repeat emails going to non-openers of the initial message two days later. That's the thing. You want to keep them on your list. If they don't come back the next year, then you want to clean them out. But if they're inactive, they're not opening for 12 months, they're doing more damage than good. Hey, Bob WP here, and I want to welcome you to today's Woo Biz Chat, a Do The Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by Weglot, the multilingual plugin for WordPress and WooCommerce, and a global sponsor of the 2024 WordPress events. And the .store.com, giving you a variety of solutions with their plugin to help you with that next client build from extending products to custom shipping. They have you covered. Tell you more about the sponsors later in the show. But in today's WooBiz chat, Emma and Adam have a fantastic conversation with Greg Sackwitz from OmniSend on all things email marketing. Greg shares the current state of email marketing while emphasizing automation and customer engagement, but that is only part of it. If you are looking to really dive into your email marketing, this episode is filled with so many useful tips, so let's not delay it any further. Welcome to Woo Biz Chat. I am your co-host, Adam Winks, and I am excited for our very first guest, first guest, uh, Miss Emma Young. Would you mind uh, telling us, uh, yeah, this is a big day. What are, what are we doing today? Yeah, well, uh, I am not the, the lovely guest today, so this is a surprise, surprise. But uh, yeah, we're going to dive in deep with our new pal that I will not introduce and let him introduce himself because... <laughs> He'll do a much better job. Greg, tell us about yourself. You just don't want to pronounce the last name. so That is uh, so my- true. <laughs> <laughs> you bound us out. Greg, is, is, I, I, I'm there on that. But uh, yes, Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Greg Zakowitz. Uh, easy pronunciation there. I Looks worse than that. it is. So <laughs> I'm a uh, e-commerce expert at OmniSend, which is an email and SMS marketing automation platform. Um, so... I am uh, actually jet. So they are based in Lithuania. I am jet lagged because I was just over there for the past week. Uh, getting together, doing some team building stuff, which is always awesome. I love going out there. So uh, we are 100,000 plus customers. We've been in business for uh, 12, 13, 14 years now, and uh, we are rocking and rolling. So we are uh, very excited about the WooCommerce community and general overarching WordPress community as well. So uh, super happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we are we are glad to have you. It's good to have someone who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> and uh, for today's topic, because our, our topic today is um, what even is email marketing? And we have all types of good questions that we're going to grill you with. We're going to put your feet to the fire. Awesome. No, we won't. But I, I truly am and very sincerely glad to have you on because I have questions about email marketing and uh, you also do SMS marketing. And what is the the state of email marketing in 2024? I will preface this by saying I currently am not happy with the state of email marketing in 2024. <laughs> uh, tell me what what are you how are you guys doing with that? How do you guys think about email marketing right now? So I'm, I'm going to answer the question, but I want to circle back to, and I will forget because I'm old. So um, I, I'd love to know why you don't think, you don't love the state of it right now, but we'll, we'll circle back to that afterward if we can. Uh, so this is crazy. I've been in doing email marketing across a bunch of different roles for 18 years now, which is, to me, it's kind of mind boggling, one, that I'm that old, but two, um, that I've been able to do something such as email for 18 years now. So where we said we've got a, 
uh, stats report. We put these things out. They're non-gated on Omnisense website, omnisense.com. Yeah, so we launched one today. I'm not, this will probably not be live today, but it is out now, right, when you're listening to this. So uh, what we do is we capture emails and all the data sent by our customers throughout the course of the year. I pull a bunch of spreadsheets together. I sift through it. I analyze it. So uh, email is strong. Right? You, would, you would maybe not think that, but it is strong. It might be stronger now than it ever has before. Um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. But obviously, there's a lot of um, just across the industry, there is a lot of uh, noise, right? So, so many pl- ad platforms where you can monetize now. So, social media, you've got your paid search, kind of your standards there. You got all these different platforms if you're a DTC brand. Uh, and then there's the old email kind of sitting in the back. It's not as glamorous as TikTok and Instagram. But it works, man. It works. So uh, I I think the reason is, like, I look at myself and I go to my email, and obviously I'm signed up for tons of different programs, and part of that is my job. But even if I weren't, I'm going there for the sole purpose of seeing what a brand is there to offer me, whether it's showcasing me new products, just seeing what's going on with the brand. Maybe I like the brand. Maybe I'm looking for a sale. But there is something with intent with a customer at that point. Right. So this was the old thing when Gmail rolled out their promotions tab. I was doing client consulting at the time. And it was like the world was on fire. They're like, wow, we're not going to get in the inbox. I'm like, no, this is a good thing for you. Right. When people go there, they're going there to shop, right? Or some indication of shopping. So the thing here is email is an opt in channel, right? So people are saying, yes, here's my information. Send me some marketing messages. And that is the same thing with SMS, right? And we'll get into these topics and all this stuff. But that's why it's really it's doing really well. Now, I think there has been an evolution recently for what is working more so than other things and where that is trending from an email perspective, which I think from from a marketer standpoint is really good because it makes your job easier. But there have have been some very noticeable shifts over the last couple of years. And that's more around automated emails and how brands are using those more strategically and more effectively now. So I gave you a lot there. Feel free to throw questions at me and we'll rip into it. Yeah. So, I mean, going off of that, like if you had to give kind of a more or less a definition of everything that can funnel into what email marketing is, if it was like somebody was Googling what even is email marketing in a sentence or two, how would you answer that? It is a direct communication from business to individual consumer. So simple as that. Delivered via email, right? Uh, Sounds simplistic, can be simplistic, can be very difficult as well based on how strategic and how in-depth you want to get. But from a very simplistic nature, I build an email, I send it to the person who says, yes, send me the email, and they open the email. And I hopefully they buy. There you go. I'll I'll, I'll swing back around to the, give you the opportunity to to answer my my question or my statement that I don't really like the state of email. And I'll clarify that with, I hate my inbox currently. I do not <laughs> like my email inbox. I currently, let me see on my phone. Uh, what is Google says? I've got 40,000 unread email messages. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous at what I'm seeing and, and that. So sometimes when I look at this, what bubbles up inside me is this frustration of like, why are these companies sending me all this stuff? And where's the unsubscribe? How do you feel about being on the receiving end of that marketing? So I personally like it. Now I, I have two different things, right? I have my personal marketing inbox, which are brands that I love. And then I have mine that I subscribe to, to monitor other brands. And I, I get about probably six to 700 emails a day from there. So I was just looking while you were doing this. I'm like, oh, what are what my unread is. <laughs> it, it doesn't even show it anymore, right? It just cropped it off. So I'm probably well over. Uh, I don't know how many digits they have, but I'm probably well over that. So I personally like it. And the reason I like it is, uh, one, it's, I could do it when I choose, right? So like I get an SMS message and I, I like SMS marketing messages. I'm a little more selective with who I sign up for, but I do like the messages. But the one thing with those, whether you have notifications on or off, you always get the little red icon, right? The unread thing. So we all know this. Those things drive me nuts, right? So I'm going to go look at the SMS message, even if it's nothing to turn it off. I can ignore email for a couple of days if it's not fitting in my lifestyle or I'm on vacation or whatever, but I go back to it. 
That's what I like about it. But I always know where it is. I know it's searchable, right? So if I'm, you know, today's my mother's birthday. Last week, I'm searching for, to send her some flowers. So I know what I could search for, right? Birthdays, flowers, whatever. And I can kind of aggregate and see where my best deal might be coming from and things like that. And that's what I like about it. It's just, it's user-friendly from that standpoint. I can choose to engage when I want to engage. It's always there for me. And I can choose to ignore it when I want to ignore it. Never ignore emails, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> we don't Just the 40,600 unread. It's so bad. But out of that long mm-hmm. list, like what are some of the things that do catch your eye? Like what are, or what uh, have you seen in a personal way? Like what um, is it something that would get you to click on it? But also from that's worked for you in the past when you're the sender, kind of a two-sided question. Yeah. I, I always tell people it's a really good question. Because I always tell people, and they're like, well, I need the latest trends and all that. I go, well, what appeals to you? Which is exactly what you're asking. Because it's going to appeal to the other people as well. So things that get me, and we've seen a rise, uh, I'll give you a long answer, but I, we've seen a rise with brands doing this more over the past few years, but uh, really leading into the social proof. So top-rated products, five-star reviewed products, things like that, where you might have it in the subject line, those things capture my attention. Uh, I know it's a good product quality product or service, whatever it might be. Um, we've seen a lot of those, but those generally catch my eyes. It, it, this is, it sounds so simple and you might shake your head when I say this, but use of emojis and subject lines, they've been doing it for years. This is not a new concept, but there are a lot of brands that still do not use them or use them very selectively. And what happens, especially if you're on your phone, it just makes it stand out a little bit more. So it's not even just like one Christmas tree or one smiley face, right? Mm-hmm. Five stars in a row. It breaks up that black and white space. And even if I'm not going to open the email, I'm going to see it there. I'm going to visualize it. it. It's small. I would say the small, stupid things win. It's a small, maybe simple is the better word. But small, simple things win sometimes. Something small yeah. like, a one word or like, ah, would that grab your attention? <laughs> uh, absolutely. So this is where things change, right? It was 15 years ago. It was like, don't put, it was like the emojis. You could start putting them in subject lines. And it's like, oh, is this going to cause it to go to spam? I'm like, no, probably not. We just test it. It turns out it doesn't, right? But it was never use all caps. It's going to get you in the pit. And you know my clients used to do all caps and their open rates would go up dramatically. And I'm like, well, don't do it every mm. time, but this is a good tactic, right? Yeah. Gmail, Yahoo, you know, if you're still using Hotmail or Outlook, right, S- switch over. But like, they're good at filtering <laughs> out, well, maybe less so Outlook, but they're good at filtering out junk versus uh, other things. Like that subject line is not going to get you in there. gaps where your eyes stop and be like, oh, why is there a gap there? Um, it could be pre-header text and not the subject line as well. But that white space, the color, those are things that are going to nav- uh, naturally gravitate to people's eyes. So short stuff, perfect. All caps, breaks it up. Perfect, right? It's that difference in there. And this is exactly kind of leading into my next question. And you've begun to answer it because what I'm curious about is you have been in this industry for so long. You've seen all the all the changes. I think COVID probably accelerated some of the different issues and we're seeing different things. So I guess my question now is here in still early 2024, what, what is working specifically? And you kind of mentioned that and then I'll kind of follow it up with, do you have any use cases or specific companies that are just knocking it out of the park? Their open rates are really good. And yeah, I'd love to know about some of the, ooh, they're doing it right. So I'll give you both of these here. So the first one, like what's working for people? Uh, This is where, I mean, automation is not new. It's been around for, my God, almost the entire 18 years, right? When I first got into it, like we were doing abandoned (laughs) cards. It's just a lot of easier to do now than it was 18 years ago. Uh, Automation works though. So I mentioned the stats report, right? We sent 23 billion email marketing messages last year. Wow. 23. Those numbers are nuts. <laughs> so let's roll into this a little bit. 23 billion marketing messages in a year. All right. Now we're converting, we're getting all those orders coming in. 41% of all email marketing orders last year sent by OmniSign customers came from automated messages. So almost half from automated messages. 
the percentage of sends that accounted for, 2%. So 40% of all orders last year generated from email marketing came from 2% of the emails and their automated emails. This is where brands, we talk about like WooCommerce brands that are maybe looking for a place to start. This is where I always tell people like automation is a new segmentation. Segmentation can be easy. It could also be extremely difficult. And I think the problem most companies face, even large ones that I've worked with, they have the exact same problem. Like, okay, we, we can segment a little bit. We can't do it consistently because if I segment four different ways, I need four different creatives. Or maybe if I have more text, I got to copyright four things. It's time consuming. And most people are not just doing email. They're doing paid search or paid social or, or doing they're doing these other things too. Automations where you layer, where you're gonna make your money, right? And that number has been going up. That that 41 to two, a couple of years ago it was like 36 to three, right? It's slowly going up. The reason it works is because those messages are triggered, right? They are based on user behavior, which means they are relevant to you. I abandon a shopping cart. We know the intent is to buy. I sign up for an email program. Why am I signing up? Right. Well, I'm probably going to buy from you or someone else, but I'm shopping. Browse abandonment. What am I doing? Well, I'm on your website. I'm browsing something. Right. There's something in my life has got me there. That's why these things kill so much. So I'd say if you're looking for a place to start, you're looking for a place to pour some gasoline. If you're looking for a new shift in strategy, go where the automation is. And then part B to that is follow the intent of the customer. So you know, order and shipping confirmation messages. We see them drive a lot of orders. They are really effective messages if you optimize them. Where is the most of those orders coming from? It's three messages. It's your welcome messages, your browse abandonment, and your card abandonment. Now, we send a lot more of those than other ones, which changes that ratio a bit. So it's not just black and white, but that's high, high intent messages. The one we're seeing up and coming, more sends last year than the year before, the conversion rate is the best conversion rate of any message, which this is surprising because card abandonment usually owns that one. Uh, back in stock messages. And I'm seeing just anecdotally as well, getting more of these in my in that 400 you know program inbox. I'm getting back in stock messages. But it, it follows the same pattern, right? These are it's fear of loss. It's social proof, all rolled in one. And by the way, we got these things back in stock and before they're gone, right? And those things kind of capture people's attention. It's what's news. So companies doing well, right? So case studies, yeah. I'll throw I'll throw a few of them around. There's, uh, you know, so there's a company called Figpin. They were brick. They sold their products in brick and mortar stores. COVID hit. Had the pivot. Kind of launched an email program that really wasn't a focus of theirs. They heard a guy like me going, "Hey, you know what? Welcome, browse card abandonment." You know, maybe maybe we should try this out, right? But now they're generating. Uh, I got this right here, but they're around uh, maybe like twenty twenty two percent of their twenty four percent of their email marketing revenue is coming from those automated messages, those three messages, right? So they're having the wheels work in the background. They're focused on other things. They're focused on growing their list, and that's just going to accelerate those things. Edmund uh, Edmondson Sports, so it's a sporting apparel company over in, I believe they're in Sweden. So they're kind of seeing very similar things here. So order confirmation automation, right? They're like, well, let's optimize these things. We know their customers. Can we repeat this? So 17% of their revenue is coming from order confirmation messages now. So beauty about that is every single order is now a repeat customer. So we know once we can get that second one, we start to flip the scales on profitability per customer and things like that. Uh, and you get to throw a post-purchase message in there. We start rolling the dice a little bit more now. So, uh, you know, and I think they're about 30% of their email revenue coming from automated messages now as well. So, you know, it's just a couple for you. We've got a bunch on our website. I don't want to bore you to death here, but uh, you're seeing a similar pattern here. Carrots is another example. Same thing. They're like the 25%-ish of revenue coming on automated messages. They do some segmentation. They get a little more specific with some of theirs, but the automation allows them to spend that extra time where we know we're generating money in the back end. What do I not need to do now? I need. I don't need to obsess about, I have to get an email out today because otherwise we're not going to make any money. And that's one of the benefits of that as well. Um. So like these, the, the I'm, I'm curious about like the subscribers or the clients that you're sending them to. Do you ever like scrub or prune the inactive subscribers? Or, and then as the second part to it, do you often like 
if you have maybe like a newsletter and your current clients, do you tend to separate those lists or like merge them together? So I'll answer the second part first because it's a shorter answer, completely client dependent. Uh, I think what we generally find is unless they're really good at separating those two silos, most will kind of mix in there and they might have like, say they got a product and an informational type message. They might send it to everyone or they'll send the product to everyone, but they'll just send the informational to maybe the informational. But usually most brands will wind up mixing it and commingling those things. Uh, the first question about, hey, do we clean an active context? Super important question. Super important that brands do this. Now, not all brands do it, right? They want to get a subscriber count. I, I worked with a brand before, and, she, and I'm like, you know, her name was Vero. I go, you know, Vero, uh, you got like 20,000 contacts. You haven't opened an email in over a year. And she's like, I can't get rid of it. My boss wants 100,000 subscribers. Like they're trying to get to a number. I'm like, this is going to come back and bite you in the backside, you know? And like, there's a lot of ramp negative ramifications from sending to inactive contacts. No, uh, they're Google and Yahoo just enacted new deliverability requirements as of February 1st this year. Got a little bit of a ramp up window before they start hitting you hard. So you've got to authenticate your emails, your DCAM, your, uh, you know, your DMARC, all these things to prove that you are a legit sender. They're trying to clamp down on spam. One of those qualifications is spam rate, right? So, and now if you're inactive, you're not marking as spam. So, but there is a tie in here, I promise you. So very low spam rate, which means you need to grow your list the right way. If you're doing a raffle for an iPad and you're selling whatever, you're going to get a lot of bad addresses on there because they just want the iPad, right? And you start sending to them, they can hit spam. So you clean your list that way. Now, the thing that Gmail has always done that people don't take account to here is that they will monitor open rates. And a lot of the uh, ISPs will do this, but the open rates, the click rates on here. And that is one of their qualifications to being, are, one, are they treating their list the right way? But two, are they being responsible marketers, right? Are they send in the people who want to be. And part of that is if I get a low open rate, I'm sending to inactive contacts. They're not opening. It's dragging that down. This has always been a major thing. What we used to see is, you know, your open rates in Gmail will go from like 12 to 11 and then gets to eight and then all of a sudden drops to one, right? And like eight to nine was around that cutoff. And when it drops to one, guarantee you're being bulked, right? You're getting a very few to your inbox. It is hard to get out of the bulk folder. So Gmail and Yahoo got together and they said, okay, we got these other factors. We're going to have you, uh, you know, we're going to make companies comply with these changes, give them a little ramp up time, but we're also going to factor open rates. We're going to factor click rates. We're going to factor spam rates. All these things go into whether you're going to get in the inbox or you're going to get bulk foldered. So it's super important to clean your list. I'd recommend doing it twice a year. You know, just get some of those out there. If I, I know brands are hesitant and they go, you know, they sign up around, you know, December or November. They're holiday shoppers. I don't want to get rid of them because- the holiday is going to come around next year, right? So it's understandable. I get emails and then they drop off in February and I, I get start getting hit again in November, December, and they're doing the same thing to me, right? It's just the brand. I The simple thing to do there is put them onto a segment, still send to them, but send to them a lot less, maybe once a month just to keep it going there. But you're not sending emails, which are just repeat emails going to non-openers of the initial message two days later. You know, that's the thing. You want to keep them on your list. And if they don't if they don't come back the next year, then you want to clean them out. But if they're inactive, they're not opening for 12 months, they're, they're, they're doing more damage than good. Wow. This is this is like just great value. If you are a, a product, you know, company in WordPress, uh, this is really useful information. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the WooCommerce community, they are not only helping with the language barrier of Woo shops around the world, but they are also global sponsors in the WordPress ecosystem. With this sponsorship, they continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo Builders. 
So kudos to Weeglot for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. And you can always learn more about Weeglot by simply going to their site, weeglot.com. For every new client site comes new needs. And if you're looking for that right plugin for the next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. The team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi-vendor for advanced USPS, or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So for that next project, why don't you head over to thedotstore.com and give them a try on your next build. I would love if you could kind of dive in a little bit more to some of the stats that you're looking at that we could expect. So if you have a a product or or something and you're in, in WordPress and you're sending out your email lists, what are some of the open rates that like, oh, wow, we sent that out and that's bad. Um, that's good. Like what are like parameters, like help us understand like a good campaign versus a bad campaign and kind of what that range might look like. Yeah. So that's a good question. So I'll give you two answers here. The first one, I'll talk out of both sides <laughs> of my mouth. So when I was sure. consulting, I would, I would have clients ask me this all the time. Like, Hey, do you have any benchmarks? And I was go, well, why do you want to look at benchmarks? They're like, well, I want to see how I'm doing. I'm like, but like, they're good to look at, but don't compare yourself to it. Right. But I'm going to give you comparisons and I'll tell you why I say <laughs> that. Right. So I always say benchmark against yourself. If you got a 16% open rate, your goal should be to get to 17. Mm. When you get there, it gets 18. The thing with benchmarks, they're good to look at. They're good, useful guides. But I, I always warn people, don't use them as like the set in so and standard. And the reason to do that is we talk about list cleaning, right? I could get you an 85% open rate all day long, every send, right? If I segment and only send the people who opened the last email or clicked on last email, those are my most engaged. If I'm so when you look at other people's benchmarks, you don't know how they're cleaning their list and how they're aggregating that, right? So you could have a lot of low or artificially high numbers in here. So that's always the caveat. Now, that being said, I like looking at benchmarks too. So um, <laughs> so across those 23 billion messages we sent last year, right? Average open rate across, doesn't matter the industry, was 25%. It was actually increased from 22.9 a year before. So we saw open rates go up year over year. So we talk about his email dead, how we doing? You know, again, people are, are it's obvious. And those not, those rates actually go up higher during the Q4 season. So we're seeing people use email as a place for product discovery, a place to find what the discounts are, what the sales are. Uh, so we're seeing 25% open rates. I think that if you have a 25% open rate, just from my experience, you're doing pretty well. I think that's a pretty good number to be at. I think most brands will probably... It's always going to be niche based on industry and how often they send. I think most will be anywhere from 16 to 22. I always used to do 18 to 20 as kind of like we get there. You're probably doing okay. I think 25 is pretty strong, but that's great, right? So if you're under, say, 16, right, you should be looking at getting that up. Probably a list cleaning will artificially help that. But it also, you might have a really strong engaged user base and you haven't cleaned your list in forever and it looks worse than it actually is. You might have a really good open rate across the board and you're sending the 20,000 people who haven't opened in four years. You know, so uh, so open rate, you know, 20, 25%, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, click rate, and I'm gonna do this based on when we classify click rate, there's also click the open rate. Click rate is click based on email sent. So the number is gonna be a lot lower. So last year, 1.5 is actually up from 1.2 the year before. Again, if you're hitting, I think it's a pretty good number to be at. If you're around there, you want to be above one. But if you're around there, you're doing pretty well, right? People are engaging. Always look at those ratios, though. I can get you a 100% open rate and a you know a 1% click, or let's just go 0.2% click rate. doesn't really do much for you, right? It just means you had a really good open rate or good subject line. Maybe you did something, but the content didn't match it there. So, um, you know, you balance those two things out, you're pretty good. So, uh, in the stats report I talked about, we break things down by industry vertical as well. 
So we don't have every industry we reported on, but we do have verticals on there. There's probably about 15, 20 of them. Um, so you can see there are some wild differences between some of those, uh, but that's going to be product oriented, right? And competition on there. But uh, that's where I would go from a, uh, from a metric standpoint. Automated messages, we have those broken down for you as well. They're going to be significantly higher, right? 50, 60% open rates on most of them. You'll see conversion rates, you know, 3,000 times better than email conversion rates uh, for just batch and blast ones. So we break all that down by type of automation. So you can go over there if you're looking for benchmarks and a baseline for like, hey, where's the bang for the buck? Uh, but I think you're you're there from a metric standpoint, you know. That's such a great, great way to look at it, like the ratios and versus yourself. Because sometimes I look at these numbers and I'm like, oh, open rate is good. It's going up. And sometimes I'm like, but actually the click... Like it's, it's so low, but then I'm hearing like happy numbers from you and I'm like, oh, we're doing all right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so, um, but, but if let's say like if your numbers were decreasing and you're doing like all of the things that are on everybody's checklists, like if you had to kind of throw almost like a Hail Mary to like get it like pumping again, like what kind of, what would you recommend that uh, somebody, like a company does? Yeah. So from an artificial fl- inflation standpoint, right. Segment to the segmented people, get them a little extra email or something, get your numbers up, make yourself feel good, and maybe get a little more juice there. I would say the other thing to look at from like a long-term perspective is, again, we're not talking about rocket science here, but we're, we're in a place now where it's very, it's always been short attention spans. I mean, this has been a talking point since I was a kid, right? I'm in my mid-40s now, so it's like, oh, no one's got attention spans anymore, but we have a lot of noise out there. I mentioned before, right? If I'm on Instagram or TikTok and I'm scrolling, I'm getting ads. You kind of catch something, catches your eye or doesn't, and you're right by it. I don't think email is much different than that. But as I mentioned before, people are going to email for a very specific reason. They're interested in a product. Maybe they're shopping. Maybe they're doing some uh, product discovery, comparison shopping, what it is. So I go back to the intent and I'm like, okay, Let's look at your email message. Let's look, look at what we can templatize in the email that caters to that intent. And what I look at are competitive differentiators or your value adds, right? So a lot of people offer free shipping. Some don't. This is something that is changing in the industry and brands are trying to figure out what to do with free shipping. But if you offer free shipping or a th- free sh- shipping over a low threshold, promote that in your template, highly visible, let people see, hey, before they even click on the email, they know they're getting free shipping. If it's if it's not free, but it's fast, right? Two days or less, guaranteed. Promote those things. 24-7 customers are promote them. Return policies, huge, right? So if I get a free returns in a company and I got to pay two bucks for shipping, you know, and the other one I've got to pay for like restocking fees or whatever, but I get free shipping, I will generally spend the extra two bucks because I want to know I'm going to be taken care of on the return side. So customer service values, return policies, whatever, promote those things, put them in your template, you know, secondary content, whatever. But those things matter when people are clicking or opening emails and deciding whether they want to click. Other things I think you should templatize as well, and you can roll them out there, but we talked about social proof before, right? Five-star reviews, half sections with either a quote testimonial about how great the product was, uh, you know, how great the customer service was. You've got the content on your page because you're collecting reviews for products. Take the content, reuse it, plug it in there. And when I when I say templatize that, I say, okay, what are the challenges that we need to overcome from like what I would say, what are the obstacles to conversion you need to overcome? So we sell clothing. Uh People need to know if it's going to fit right. So if you have testimonials, be like, hey, the sizing on the product was spot on, right? Use that testimonial there. It gives people comfort that they don't need the bracket their purchase. They're just going to order the large or the extra large, call it a day, and you got free returns. So social proof, top selling products, customer testimonials, like these things can all be templatized, but they can increase your click rates because it just builds that confidence. Now, they might click and not purchase from you, but that's okay, right? You got to get them there to get the juices flown. You, you got eyeballs and that's it's big. But I'll say this. This is where like, I always, so the movie Miracle is where I got this from. So I'm not going to steal this my own quote, but I always tell people like the legs feed the wolf, right? I love the movie Miracle, by the way. So legs feed the wolf. So I look at this and go, okay, we collected the email. 
I send you an email. I got these social proofs built in. You click the email and you go to the website and you don't buy. That's okay because what do I have going now? I've got a browse abandonment automation set up that I'm going to retarget you based on what you were clicking on and then viewing on my website before. Maybe I get you to come back and you cart the product, but you don't purge it. Now I've got the cart abandonment triggering off to you. Right. So I'm doing all these things from a very low cost retargeting perspective where the automations are feeding the wolf now. And at some point, I'm going to recapture you and I'm going to recapture you for a heck of a lot less than it costs to, to put you, you know, retarget you on meta channels or paid search or whatever. So um, likes feed the wolf, you know, that's good. That's, that's really I, I like that. And I think that's just very helpful information as our audience is thinking about themselves and their own business. Uh, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you're a pretty decent softball player. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss you a, a, an, an easy, an easy one. Oh, if no. there's a company. Oh, I, I do pitch too. Well, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll pitch you an easy <laughs> one. See, see what we did there. Um, so if a company's out there and they're, they're thinking about, Hey, Maybe we need, you know, is OmniSend right for us? So for instance, I was just getting off of a call earlier and they've got um, a million, um, you know, people in their email list. Like, oh, like, is that, you know, too big, like too small? Like what, what's the ideal like size company for, for OmniSend? Like what, like where's your sweet spot? So we work with companies that we have enterprise customers and we have mom and pop solopreneurs working at different costs. A lot of our customers are on free plans. So we do have a free plan, crazy, right? And we still give those free people 24 seven live support. Um, so we work across the board. I think the small, the small mid-sized business, the SMBs to the mom and pop, like that's kind of our sweet spot for it. Um, but we have a tool that caters to everyone of all sizes. Like OmniSign is a pretty legit and slick tool, right? And our whole goal we are still privately funded, right? We always say customer funded because if you don't like us, you don't like our tool, you're going to leave and we don't lock you in with contracts unless you want a contract. So uh, we let you leave at any time, right? And it makes us better. It makes the support we give better. So what I tell people is we have three different plans. The pricing is transparent. It's on the website. You can just go to the pricing calculator, plug in your number of contacts, see how much it'll cost you with the same thing for SMS. If you choose to do SMS, um, you can see how everything can get there. So we have a free plan. We have a standard plan and a, plan and a pro plan. Free is free. No credit card required to sign up. You just, when you need more, you upgrade and you, you choose to pay more. Um, but you can use free for life if you want and you get the full 24-7 support. Standard's kind of where most people fall, I would say, right? It's that middle plan there. Gets you more emails, gets you a little more tools. Um, you know, but, and then your pro is going to be your larger. You've got a hundred thousand contacts. You're probably going to want the pro. We give you unlimited email sending, um, with the pro plan. So have at it, send your inactive. Con- we don't want you to send inactive contacts, but you can, if you want to, right. <laughs> uh, so it's there. And the beauty of this is you want to play with automations, right? The free plan, you have access to all automations we have, right? We don't make you upgrade to get those tools. We have pop-ups built in. If you're a, uh, either a WordPress or WooCommerce customer, we have plug and play integrations with both of them. So you can literally install, I went through and did it last week. Uh, we were talking about WooCommerce customers, three minutes or less, right? You can install and sync your contacts, sync all that historical data, um, but we got a WordPress integration as well. So uh, we are we are set for you and we pride ourselves on being transparent. You can go to the website. We don't have to connect with a salesperson to get pricing uh, unless you want to. It's all there on the website for you. Nice. I really like that. Free is free. You know, you don't have to lock them in because that is probably the most frustrating thing when you're trying to get out of like a gym membership. They're like, no, but free is free. And that is (laughs) awesome. So we don't require the credit card too, which is something I love, right? Because I sign up for free stuff and I'm like, oh, that's great. And they're like, give me the credit card. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to accidentally like a charge for something here. So we always tell people like, you want to try us create an account, play around with it, build a couple automations, see what you like, you know, contact our support, see if you like our support. You know, we win awards for the support, but that's the beauty of it. You can just try it out. And if you don't like it, we'll wish you luck and we'll, we'll see you in six, eight months or 12 months when you come back to us. Uh, but we, we think you'll love us, you know, and that's why we do it. I agree. I think that nice. they will love 
Um, but we also want to hear some more cool info from you and maybe do a bit of a speed round to share your knowledge. And then maybe you can oh, help boy. somebody else <laughs> hit a home run in their email marketing. <laughs> hey. So we're still doing this baseball day, thing, yeah? Every day. <laughs> every day. Um, it's a double yeah. header. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> there we You're go. welcome back anytime. Uh, okay, so my, I really want to know something that you will, you would never do. The, the worst one. What would I never? Was. Oh God! Is, is this in business or? There's a lot of things <laughs> I would never do again. Yes. Um, <laughs> or yes. You know what? I will. This is this is simple, but this would be perfect for the topic. You know, something mm-hmm. I will never do again. I will never not check an email before I send it out. So mm. that's true, though. Ooh. Everyone always tells you to like typos happen, mistakes happen, right? And especially when you're looking at it so long, like your eyes just, this happened to us today um, on something I've been looking at for two weeks and, and editing it. And we found the error in it today. I'm like, how oh, we missed this thing, right? But your eyes look at it. You just, you're, you know, this. So I'll give you a story. This takes me back, I don't know, 15 years. And I used to have a boss that would say, hey, we were trying to come up with subject lines. And he'd say, okay, write 10 subject lines, and then write three that you would never, ever, ever send to a customer, right? And I think it, I think it's a really good practice to do because what it does is it kind of gets you out of that mindset of like, how to do this, five things here, right? And you just rejuggle the words. Doing this allows that creativity to spill a little bit. And then you, you, ironically, you wind up coming up with a better title that's not listed there. So of course, we got to send test emails and there is a copy paste it was one of those subject lines that you should never, ever send to a customer. And then, I mean, you test these things all day long. Back, So this is back in the day when segmenting used to be MySQL queries. So you would have to test if you had 40 segments, which sometimes we did. You'd have to test 40 different emails. So it's so much easier now, isn't it? So just like, all right, I tested the first 20. I'm good. And then this subject line was in one of them. I'm like, you know what? I will never not test an email again. So not very lightning around this of me. My apologies, but that's all right. I think it's a good one. But it's a great answer. Uh, yeah. Proofread your emails and have someone else do it too. So uh, we want to make sure that we uh, rank on the algorithm. So AI, um, is AI uh, the uh, the end of us all or is it going to be the savior of uh, email marketing and SMS marketing? And I'll preface that. One one curious thing about, about AI is we talk about A-B testing. Does AI offer alternatives for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, infinite, like more customized emails or it just means that we're going to get more crappy emails? So... This is, we didn't script this, but this is a shameless plug and piggybacks off what I just said. So baseball, omnisend.com on their resources, we have a tool section. These are free tools. Again, not gated, just go and play around with them. We have an AI subject line generator tool on there. So if you're looking, you're stuck from a creative standpoint and you want some proposed subject lines, use the tool, plug in, Hey, what the deal is, whatever you want to say, and it'll come up with a bunch of them. So, um, we also have a product description generator, which you could use if you're looking to have a little bit of copy in your messages outside of just image-based ones. Um, you know, And you want to highlight a product, maybe put some stuff in there and see if it comes up with something creative for you. Shameless plug, but it's related. Now, uh, so these are things tied to, obviously, email and e-commerce in general. I think AI has the ability with tools like this or with use cases similar to this where it can help a marketer kind of speed things along. I don't see the day, and this is just me. I mean, at some point, AI is going to revolutionize the world more than it already has, right? I'm thinking more like medical side and things like this. But I think from a marketing standpoint, I think it's going to be a tool, not a replacement, right? It's going to it's gonna assist. It's going to be the cane that helps us walk. Um, I don't see it being a day where it's just be like, okay, we got to send an email to Greg here. Spit me out some copy for Greg. I just don't think we're there. I don't, you know, we talk about segmenting being hard. It's like, okay, now spit something out that is going to be relevant for him that he knows is not written by AI and has an image that correlates to something like this. Like, I can't envision it. I just. It's not there yet. Yeah. It's not there yet. But two, I can't think of the person who's designing this on the back end going, you know what? That is the problem I am trying to solve. 
not this stuff, right? Uh, so I think it's it's going to be more of a tool than a replacement. I agree, actually, with uh, AI as a as a tool. I don't. I think at the beginning of last year, we kind of all went through, uh, especially in content. Anybody that works with words was like, "Oh dear, <laughs> what's happening here?" <laughs> I wish I could think of a baseball put, but can't. Um, and uh, now I think we're starting <laughs> to like learn how to use it and uh, make sure that we get the bases fully loaded and hit it out of the park yeah, with our AI. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking to the advocate. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I agree with that. It's um, the the hope I think I have for AI as that tool, as any good tool, like if you think of a calculator, it helps you do the mundane things more quickly and more accurately and do it better. So for instance, my hope for email marketing and SMS marketing using AI is going to be emails that are more specific to me, that um, that will help the email marketer uh, make sure that Hey, um, Sally, you know, she's getting this email that matches maybe her shopping habits better than, than Joe over here and his shopping habits. That's where like, I would like part of my 40,000 unread emails are because a bunch of them didn't get me to open them because it may be not as relevant to me. And I'm hopeful that AI will, will solve some of that. So I think like talk about product recommendations right? Automated product recommendations and emails. And it's gotten so much better. I mean, we offer them as well. I think every uh, email provider has some version of product recommendations in there. I think they're important. AI can certainly, I think, find those lookalike audiences. AI can serve as a better segmentation engine to, to feed things like that up. I mean, they used to be terrible, right? You get emails like, Greg, products recommended just for you. And you open them. And it was just like this. It's like people just chose 20 products, threw it in there. And I'm like, oh, None of them are relevant to me, right? But uh, to your point, I think that's probably the one place where you could have a more noticeable impact. So whether it's product recommendations or just sending a or better fine-tuning the segmentation, right? So, you know, I think about from a segmentation standpoint, I'm a big advocate of post-purchase emails. I'm a big advocate of lapsed purchaser emails. So, hey, you know, Emma hasn't purchased in three months, and she normally does, right? But it's still somewhat of a, a crapshoot, right? I don't really know that something in her life has changed, right? Maybe she was buying something for a car, and that car died, and now she's got a new car. And I'm like, oh, she hasn't bought something for that car in a while, right? We still set up the, the rules to target at three months after the fact because that's the history. This is where AI might be able to look at those other data points and go, okay, she's browsing this site, she's browsing this site, she's doing this. Uh, you know what? Let's wait two more months, and we'll target her with something else, right, or something like that. So, uh, you know, I could see something like that, but I mean, it's just kind of building upon segmentation engines, I think, more than anything. And anyone that's listening to this, um, Greg will like baseball uh, things in his subject lines. Adam would like some numbers. And uh, uh, <laughs> and me puns, yeah, no. Um, okay, so I have one last one for you, Greg. What was the one question that we didn't ask you that you wanted or share with the world? So, not a question. I would say, if I'm thinking back on this conversation we had today, we're talking about automation. We're talking about you know the complexities and simplicity at the same time of segmentation, right? It can be both for a lot of people. We talked about people having very limited time to do a lot of things with. I would tell people that the conversation might sound difficult. It sounds like, uh, you know, doing something new is challenging and it is really not. So email can really be as simple and basic as you want it to be. And it can still be effective that way. So we talk about, auto say you're a brand and you don't have an automation or you have one and you want to make it better. You can do that. It, when you build a message or a second message, it doesn't have to be the best message in the world. Just like think about the MVP version of things, right? Can we send the MVP version, which is better than nothing, and generate revenue in the background? So that's the one thing I always tell people because it can be overwhelming, especially if you are want to up it or you're just not doing a lot of it and you want to do it more. Um, just do it, right? Do it simply. You can always make it better, especially from the automation standpoint. Um, this is the one thing where 
I'll, again, I'll, I, I like to do it, but shamelessly plug OmniSend. So we talked about automations there. We talk about small, small, mid-sized businesses. We are friendly for you. We actually templatize all the automations too. So if you don't know where to start and you want to do a browse abandonment, you literally just click the template and hit create and it creates the flow with the best practice timing rules built in. You can customize them whenever you want. Change the messages whenever you want, but they're there for you. So you can literally get these things going in like two minutes and then just improve them over time. So I know a lot of we talk about sounds complicated, it sounds overwhelming, but it's really not. And I always tell people if you have challenges or you know you want something, reach out to me. I'm an open book and I will help guide you, but it does not have to be difficult and it's not difficult. Nice. I like it. At the end of the day, just do it, get out there, try it. Um Thank you so much, uh, Greg, for for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, so I am excited that uh, you guys are, are able to share your knowledge with us. I'm going to have high expectations that the emails uh, coming into my inbox are going to be uh, better and better, and my my click through rate, my my open rate will be better because um, because you guys are are doing the good work. I think to help improve the state of email marketing and SMS marketing uh, for, um, for everyone out there. So thank you for, for the work you do. Um, as we wrap up, uh, where can people find you? Uh, where do they want to learn more about, uh, OmniSend, about you, about baseball? Um, yeah, tell us about on your socials. So I'll start with OmniSend. So OmniSend.com, all the social handles are just slash OmniSend. Uh, we're pretty much all over the place, including TikTok. So, um, myself, I'm on LinkedIn, fairly c- uncommon name in the u.s so if you misspell it it'll, it'll auto correct you um, i'm on <laughs> x at what's greg doing what's greg doing okay L- linkedin and i don't know i'm out there just find me but I, as i mentioned i'm an open book just feel free to reach out to me i'd be more than happy to uh to chat with you all right well thank you so much and for adam and emma here at woo biz chat that's that's all we have for today we look forward to um, another podcast here very soon. So we keep hope you guys uh, stay safe. And yeah, just to finish this out, just do it, get in there, try it. And uh, we wish you all the, the best success. All right. Bye. Take care, everybody. I'd like to thank Greg for all these insights. So many to reflect on and valuable information for any Woo or WordPress builder or business. Also, I would like to thank our sponsors, Weglot and the Dot Store, for their support in bringing these kinds of conversations to help you learn and grow. So that's it for today. And until the next time, take care.